Welcome to Skills for Growth, the podcast for business owners in Greater Manchester. I'm Andy Hall, and in this episode, I speak with Nick Hutchins, Principal Lead for Apprenticeships and Technical Education at Greater Manchester Combined Authority, and one of the architects of the Skills for Growth programme about how SME owners and employees can access the training and skills they need to grow in the years to come. Nick Hutchins, welcome to Skills for Growth. Thank you, it's lovely to be here. Nick, if I'm running an SME in Greater Manchester right now, how can Skills for Growth help me? So Skills for Growth is a new programme for small, medium-sized enterprises in Greater Manchester. And it is there to help businesses understand the skills and the talent needs they have for their staff to support their growth and productivity. So it were, we have skills coaches that would work with a business and then also work with individual people working in that business. It would help identify skills gaps, training needs. It would signpost people to where that training is. And then the sort of full circle of the program in its whole is that where there are skills gaps and we haven't got that provision we need in Greater Manchester, we commission that provision so that that delivery is there in the future for the staff of that SME. Right. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. Is this funded, fully funded, part funded? How does it actually work for the business? It's all fully funded. So mm. the origin of the funds is the European Social Fund. So it's European okay. money that's come through the combined authority. And then we are commissioning the different elements of the programme and sort of overseeing the programme management of the whole programme. Mm. Okay. And, and this is a program for SMEs. So that's small, medium enterprises. Does it, is it just SMEs? Is it all businesses in Manchester? Who's eligible for this? Just the SMEs, particularly on the sort of workforce support. So understanding your workforce needs, your skills needs for growth mm. and productivity. Some of the training delivery that happens further down the line is accessible to more than just SMEs. But the sort of the support element, as I say, the workforce development planning, the productivity plans, as we call them, that is very much targeted at SMEs, including voluntary organisations, community um, interest companies, social enterprises. So right. it's, it's not just a commercial business. It's the size of the operation, not the sort of profit bottom line. Ah, I see. So, so you mentioned the size of the operation. Is this aimed at the small to medium size? Is, is there a particular ceiling on that? Yeah. So that's um, businesses with up to 250 employees. And I suppose those with more than 250 employees could afford to pay for their own skills training anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> the sort of rationale is those larger organisations are far more likely to have in-house HR mm. or organisation development or talent teams. Ah, I see. So, so this is almost like outsourcing a HR team. Workforce development, I think, rather than HR. So it's not mm. about it's not there to help you recruit staff. It's of there course. to help you understand the development needs of your organisation, recognising that the staff of an organisation are actually the best asset. What would you say are the benefits to a business owner to engage with skills for growth? Sure. So I think it is it is some free consultancy at one level, um, mm. and we all like a freebie. Um, <laughs> but it's also it's a critical friend 
looking in at your business, supporting you, perhaps being able to bring some different thoughts and ideas to the table. And it also then opens the door and gets you access to all the training I talked about. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that delivery of skills programs for your existing workforce to be able to grow, to develop skill or retrain, to be able to help you as a business owner take that business forward. Is there any kind of data that proves that upskilling a workforce has a beneficial economic effect on the business? Oh, I'm sure there is, but I don't have any to <laughs> But I, th- I think, particularly at the moment, everyone knows about the challenges of recruitment. Mm. Um, you know, there are, even though with everything we've been through in the last 18 months, people are finding it difficult to recruit into roles. There's a lot mm. of vacancies out there. I think in terms of if you're, again, looking at the people side, you know, if you can grow and develop your own talent and future leaders or future specialists in-house, you're building that loyalty, which has mm. to have an economic benefit for a business. Yeah. I mean, that, that's fascinating. I run workshops on mentoring. You mentioned critical friend, and I think that's it's kind of a phrase that you'd use with a, with a mentor or somebody who's got an outside perspective on that business. So I do love that phrase. In, in terms of looking at the, the upskilling, you know, whilst I don't have any specific data on that, there, there has been um, studies I've read, which suggests that you can reduce your attrition costs or staff leaving by 70% if they feel fully engaged in what they do. And is this something that, you know, has, has, been, has been on the agenda for a while? Is it, has it been around for, you know, is it a recent thing? So, I mean, I, th- I think that sort of evidence has, has been known for a long time. The program mm. is relatively recent. So the, the sort of support, the initial support available to businesses has been available for about nine or 10 months now and will continue because it's European funded. It continues till 2023. So it's, it's a finite window for people to get involved mm. with us. But it has grown and developed, I suppose, from previous work and previous projects that we've been involved in that I've led that is really, you know, about how does a business, how does it look at its workforce? How does it understand where its skills gaps mm. are and bring that in? So previous to the Skills for Growth SME support, we ran a project that was much more focused around apprenticeships and looking with small okay. businesses around where perhaps an apprentice within their organisation would be able to support And I think what was quite interesting through that project was you would, as an example, have a construction firm wanting to talk about the traditional trade apprentices, but Mm. by having a specialist going in, it would open their eyes to actually, you could have a HR apprentice or an accounts Mm. apprentice. And it kind of opened those doors to people thinking a bit differently about what they needed. And that that and several previous iterations of that project have sort of come together to help shape and help form the Skills for Growth program. And I think what we are really excited about in Greater Manchester is how it's going to shift the skills system to really respond to employers' needs and what they're looking for and what skill sets they are telling us they need. It's really interesting because the landscape around business support seems a bit noisy at times. When I speak with business owners, they're not too sure who to speak with, what's available. There's many people who are 
consultants, coaches, um, support services, mechanisms and programs. There's a lot of noise out there. What kind of feedback do you hear around the business support mechanisms out there at the moment? Absolutely that. It is complex. There's a lot of different people in the space. Um, You've also got sort of colleges providing skills advice Mm. because they've got an offer um, and independent training providers. I think what we are trying to do this program, and it is, it is focused on skills and development. So it's not business support, perhaps in the widest sense. It's a very specific, you know, wedge of the pie, I suppose, around business support, but it's there to try and take the noise out of the system for employers. Mm. You know, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say a one-stop shop because I hate that phrase at times, but it's, um, it's, it's offering far too much, promising a lot with that. But yeah. it, it is, you know, it is a focused support mechanism for businesses that can take a lot of that additional noise out and then signpost them to the right sound, the right bit of noise for mm. what they're looking for. So I think that's what we're trying to do. Great. I mean, you mentioned some specific sectors, um, maybe construction, for example, are are there particular sectors this is aimed at or are are there particular sectors that will benefit more than others? It's it's aimed at all sectors, but within Greater Manchester, we have some sectors that are a priority focus for the city region as a whole. Mm. So, and they're things like they're sort of high growth, high productivity, high innovation sectors like advanced manufacturing, um, health innovation, the low carbon sort of green skills mm. and digital. And then we also have some sort of what we describe as the foundation sectors, which are construction, hospitality, mm. health, that sort of hospitality, logistics. So, that, you know, the sectors where there's lots of jobs and, you know, yeah. lots of people work in that sector and the rest of us couldn't function on in our daily lives without them, really. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned the people there and you can't help but think that most of these questions and, and the support mechanisms are aimed at the business themselves. You know, what's the economic benefit to the business and to the region? But what about the people? Is, is, this, is this aimed purely at the, as the business owner or can, can an employee get involved in this? I think that's where we do take it to the next level. So it is very mm. much about the employees getting involved and mm. having the opportunity to grow and develop for themselves. So, you know, we, we have ambitions around good jobs for everyone in Greater mm. Manchester. And part of having a good job for everyone is everyone being able to reach their best potential that they want to achieve. And that could be career progression, salary progression, or career satisfaction. You know, any of those are, are reasons for people to develop in their role. And I think, so there's the plans at a business level, but then the sort of secondary stage is actually individual development plans for employees of an organization that is identified with obviously whoever's leading it in the business. But mm. that way, and, and those plans are then very much very practical action plans that allow people to take on, to do the training. And obviously, if that's in work time, that's negotiated with their line manager or their, you know, their MD or whoever's in charge of that in the business. But it's about taking it to the next level. And then they can then bring those skills back into the business to help develop, help the business's plan develop. So people yeah. are part of that plan. That's really good to hear. I'm 
kind of going back in, into my own history now, when I worked for a large corporate, a personal development plan kind of only existed in large organisations, but SMEs, the employees in an SME tend not to have that kind of empowerment about their own progression or skills. Was that an intentional thing to, you know, to, to give that kind of empowerment? What, what was the rationale behind that? Yes, it was very intentional. And it was, it's there because I think people, I said it earlier, people are actually the best asset for an SME. You know, they, mm. any business needs people to make that business operate. And I think it's about loyalty. It's about individuals feeling valued within their organization. And mm. um, I've sort of seen and read things about actually being given the opportunity to develop in a role is one of the best ways to feel valued in an organization. So I think people were very much at the heart of the program, but people within, it's, it's all part of the system, isn't it? It's all part yeah. of, you know, you've, you've got sort of layers and layers of an onion skin all the way up to the sort of city, the economics of the city region as a whole, mm. which we all want to make sure that we're doing the best for our residents. So it takes it back full circle to looking at those residents on an individual level and seeing what their skills development needs are. Yeah, that's that's amazing. In terms of you mentioned the, you know, the the city region. One of the frustrations I hear from businesses, particularly locally, because I live in the north of Manchester around Oldham, is that most of the support exists in the city centre and the people in the city centre get treated better than, you know, the satellite towns around the region. Is, is that the case for skills for growth? We desperately try for it not to be. So we, the, the project, the team that are working on it all work very closely with all the individual local authorities. So Oldham, Rochdale, Trafford and Manchester, you know, mm. take all of them. I, I don't need to reel off all 10, do I? That's, that's my pop quiz test. It's not a test. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have to do it in alphabetical order if I'm doing it. Otherwise, I forget one. Um, if time, I'll test you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to... Uh, that's going to be going through my head now. Um, but, yeah, so we work very closely with the local authorities mm. and it is very much about, you know, proportionally... I mean, there are more businesses in the city centre of Manchester, but we have clusters of different types of business in different places. Mm. So going back to your earlier question about, you know, targeting, obviously, if we're looking at some of the manufacturing or engineering businesses, they do tend to be clustered in the kind of the northern boroughs, I suppose, whereas obviously digital, we've, we've got Salford and we've got Manchester itself, but with little creative hubs in sort of Bury and places like that. So mm. we're very consciously trying to ensure that all you know any business wherever they're based can be part of this program obviously we would encourage businesses to be part of the program it's their choice but i think you know it is about a full greater manchester service offer that's brilliant to hear because we often meet with businesses who have talked about relocating to different boroughs and different parts of the country just to access support mechanisms like this so it is really encouraging that people don't have to up sticks and move out of beautiful places like Oldham and Rochdale and Bury um, but we won't go through the test on the map <laughs> what's the skills map I've heard you speak about the skills map in the past what is that oh, okay so skills map is something that the growth company as part of so the growth company deliver the SME support so the productivity plans and the individual plans on behalf of the combined authority the skills map is part of what they, of the offer, I suppose. So the skills map 
is a database, an online portal of all the different types of skills provision that we have in Greater Manchester. So, you know, if a business said, well, actually, I need some basic digital skills for some of my staff, I need some of them to be better at Excel. It's a shortcut for those businesses to find that training for their staff. And it it covers all, you know, it's got paid for professional development, it's got free courses, it's got apprenticeships, it's got the courses offered through our adult education budget by mm. the colleges and different providers. So it's it's a I suppose it's a portal, it's a you know, somewhere to search, but it's also a really important tool for the coaches and the advisors that are working with businesses because it's their resource as well, if that makes sense. So you know, it's it's there for anyone to have a look at, see what's available, but it's also a tool for the project as well. So is this accessible via a skills coach or an advisor, or is it something that an SME can can access themselves? Both. Um, it, there's, a, oh, really? it's, there's open access at a cert, up to a certain point um, for any SME if they logged on to the website, which I'm sure we can share um, with people. But it's it's also there in, you know, a skills coach the added value that a skills coach brings by talking mm. and walking someone through the system is they understand the provision and they can balance or translate, I suppose, and, and the need of the business into the sort of the language of the training provider and make mm. sure that we're finding, you know, the absolute best opportunity for that business and its employees. It's a great point because I think many of the businesses I speak with, or the business owners I speak with, don't speak business jargon. You know, so a lot of the um, of the words we use, you know, GMCA, SME, etc., they tend not to use language like that. So I think it, I think it is really useful to translate and interpret um, the skills. I'm sure it's very easy to follow anyway. But there's a phrase I hear often from people looking for a mentor, for example, will say, "You don't know what you don't know." And I think a skills advisor can bring that to the table, you know, so if you don't know something exists, you can't possibly ask for that. Many of the businesses I've been speaking with have been asking for specific things. Basically, they'll just ask for free training. Is it just free training or what kind of things are available? There is free training, but there's all lots of other training as well. So, you know, we are, as I mentioned earlier, we are funding some training, which will be free training. So already there's training started around retrofit. The construction industry so okay. that small construction businesses can get up to speed, get their staff up to speed to be able to retrofit buildings, which is obviously hugely important with the green agenda in Greater Manchester. Mm. So that's there, that's available free. But there, there is other training on the skills map which may have a cost associated with it. And sometimes, and this is where it gets confusing, and you definitely need your your translator in this case, is you know individuals, some individuals are eligible to go on courses because of their previous education levels or their personal circumstances. So, Mm. you know, we we have huge program of adult education in Greater Manchester, you know, and some of that is really technical training and and up to sort of A-level equivalent. And some people, some adults are eligible for that and some aren't. So that's where being able to sort of tease and translate and then talk to some of the providers and understand those eligibility things is is really important really and i think that's where the skills coaches or the advisors really come Mm. into their own because they can part of that 
productivity plan or individual skills development plan is helping work through what the best route is for that individual within that individual business. It's personalized and it's that support to get to the right place and the right answer for those people. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And it's something you mentioned there about the, about the person's personal accreditation, if you like. You can see the motivation for, for an individual wanted to be engaged in this because with the employment market the way it is at the moment, you would really want to be upskilled, wouldn't you? Just thinking about the future now. So this is how the skills map is now and this is how the service is. Do you expect it's going to change over the next few years? I think in some way, yes. (laughs) She gives gives the yes answer. Um, But it's not a straightforward yes. Part of of the whole purpose of the Skills for Growth programme is obviously it's there to support businesses. And that's that's Mm. 4,000 businesses over its lifespan and 25,000 individuals. So we, you know, that's a significant volume of people, but part, as well as providing that support, it's there to help shift the skill system to a certain extent and make sure that that conversation that goes on between employers and people that deliver skills Mm. is working. So, you know, so are providers of skills training, particularly in the sort of technical space, really understand the currency of what employers need and what they're looking for at the moment. Mm. And that might be on, you know, really long four-year apprenticeship programs, but it might also be that they just need a sort of a tiny chunk of that, which will, you know, allow that business to to leapfrog the hurdle that it's it's been facing. So I mm. think it is that kind of There's a real, what we want to do is improve that conversation, but also where, you know, it's it's sort of, we're talking to business, we're hearing from business, and we're doing that in the combined authority as well as through the SME support. So we have a brilliantly named industry skills intelligence team, which (laughs) I I always think sounds like MI5. But um, so we have a team that are really trying to get under that skin and work very Mm. closely with the growth company and the Chamber of Commerce and other partners to understand those skills gaps, we can then look at the skills provision across Greater Manchester and say, well, actually, and this is where skills map comes in again. Well, actually, your need can be met. You just perhaps haven't found the place where it can be met. Or we go, actually, it can't be met. That doesn't exist. There is a real gap in the market Mm. for that training. What can we do about it? How can we fill that gap? And part of the Skills for Growth programme, but also things like the adult education budget, other funding streams like digital boot camps that we've got going on in Greater Manchester at the moment. Mm. It's all about what can we do to help shape the skills system so it is more and better responsive to employers' needs in the future. Yeah, that's a great point. It's just just made me think about just recently, lots of people have been applying for universities, et cetera. And you can't help but think that those people who have done A-levels and leaving university in particular are way more skilled than our current workforce. As a more mature employee, that kind of, I feel a little bit threatened at times. So this kind of feels like a good thing for the aging workforce in some respects. Is that part of the agenda? Very much so. Very much so. You know, we, we work very closely with the Aging Hub in Greater Manchester. 
I crept into their target audience earlier this year, so I, I sympathise with them. Oh dear. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but it is about that reskilling and that retraining. And, you know, it horrifies me when it's best part of 30 years since I was at university and I was one of those no. recent graduates. Yes. Um, and it was challenging then. And it is still challenging. You know, that's that's the flip side of it. It is still difficult for those new graduates and they are struggling to get a foot in the door because they're not bringing the experience. But I think for any business, it's a balance in there, isn't it? You want to bring mm. in new talent, but you also want to be able to retain your existing talent and grow people from within, isn't it? It's the yeah. grow your own kind of saying, I suppose, but grow people within and give them the opportunities as well. Um, it's, you know, I think it's for any business, you need that balance of both. I think it makes a great deal of sense to to nurture the employees you've currently got. And again, speaking from a personal perspective, when I've matched mentors and mentees, you look at what's available elsewhere and lots of smaller businesses tend to lose staff because they don't feel as though they've been looked after. They've been employed to do that job, but they can't improve. So Skills for Growth sounds like it will help you retain staff, but also attract staff as well. But it also sounds like the employee themselves will be probably more rewarded, more fulfilled while they're in that role, and particularly for those who of an age not dissimilar to ourselves, um, may feel as though they won't, we wouldn't be as threatened by you know what's happening. So I'd, I'd like the fact that skills for growth is whilst it is aimed at the business, there's a massive benefit for the individual. There's, there's employee. personal growth in there as well as business yeah. growth, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah, that's great. So just a little bit about you, if I may, Nick. This isn't the first time you've been on radio, is it? You're going straight in with that one. No, I can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. You've got all the you've got all the equipment in your home studio there. Um, just a bit about you. What, what's what's your driver here? What's my driver? So, well, people really at, at the sort of basic level. So I've I've worked in different sectors. I've had a I've had a definitely a zigzag career path to okay. to now working with um, the combined authority. But at the heart of all of that has always been working with people and helping them to achieve their potential, I suppose, mm. is, is the right way. And that's not necessarily just academic potential. So I, I, well, I started my career, I was going to say down the road, it's down the road from the office, but at the University of Manchester working oh, in okay. the labs after my degree. Really? But, um, I decided working in a basement lab wasn't what I was planning to do for the rest of my <laughs> career. And I, I sort of took her sideways and I got involved in conservation, environmental conservation, worked for a charity for a number of years and then found myself at the Peak District National Park running okay. an environmental education centre, training countryside rangers, but also having groups of school kids out in the hills. And I think that, as well as working for the charity, which was running volunteer programmes, all has sort of led me into the sort of education, skills, people type thing. And I've worked, I've sort of worked, I mean, my, my main focus and my role is around at the Combined Authority where I now work is around apprenticeships and technical education. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's very much about how do we get really high quality opportunities for people, not just young people, but all age people to be able to grow and have their best career. 
So skills for growth as kind of an evolution of that and, and coming, mm. yes, it's the, you know, it's interesting to me that you keep picking up on it's about the people as much as the business, mm. because that's very much where I come from. So kind of bringing all of that together has shaped skills for growth, but also I suppose okay. shaped how I see things, how I believe in people, how I want people to feel that they're living their best life, whatever they define as their best life, which is interesting wow. with you as a mentor, isn't it? Because it's, mm. it's a very similar, you know, same sort of different angle. Completely get that because it is all about the other person, isn't it? So have you had a mentor yourself? Yeah, I've had one or two over the Good. years, um, informal and informal, actually. And, I, yeah. and I've mentored people as well. So it's, and it's a great relationship to have, isn't it? Yeah, it's so rewarding when you see the growth in an individual at all ages, you know, whether they're, you know, college students, university students, new employees, and even the more mature employee as well and business owners. So I, I completely hear what you're saying about people. Just one more quick question for you then, Nick. So you are the brains behind Skills for Growth. I've, uh, I've heard that on the grapevine, and now you've just proven it to me. If I'm an employee or an employer working in Greater Manchester, what do I do next? Your first port of call is to have a look at the Skills for Growth SME support website and register your interest, and someone will get back in touch with you. Um, have a look anyway. It's a real opportunity for people. It doesn't cost you anything to have a look at the website and make that first point of contact. Mm. Nick, thank you for joining me on Skills for Growth. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure being here and being able to talk about the programme. Thanks for listening. Please follow Skills for Growth in your podcast app. And if you have time, leave us a review or rating. For more information about preparing your business for the future, visit our website, skillsforgrowthsme.co.uk. See you next time.